0: This week we kind of shift gears and we look at the effects of the fall or the effects of uh, sin on our work Um, Because if we're going to have a properly biblical view of our work We have to account for the ways that our work itself has been corrupted and broken by sin And this is how pastor Keller puts this um, in his book Every Good Endeavor the story presented in the Bible is that while God did bless work to be a glorious use of our gifts and his resources to prosper the world, it is also cursed because of mankind's fall. Work exists now in a world sustained by God but disordered by sin. And only if we have some understanding of how sin distorts work can we hope to counteract its effects and salvage some of the satisfaction God planned for our work. And so we have to look at sin's effect on our work um, if we're going to engage in our work in a biblical way. We have to have an awareness of the way that sin distorts our work. It distorts um, our experience of our work. And so uh, sin affects our work in at least two significant ways. First, work becomes fruitless. Fruitless. In Genesis 3, God declares that because of humanity's sin, the ground will bear thorns and thistles as well as fruit and produce. And this is what you might call the reality of diminishing returns. It's the reality that we don't get out of our work what we put into it. Um, We begin our tasks maybe with plans for great good, um, great fruitfulness, but inevitably those plans are frustrated. We will be able to envision uh, far more than we can accomplish, both because of a lack of ability and because of resistance in the environment around us. Um, That's from Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor. Sometimes we don't feel like we have the necessary gifts or abilities to perform the work we've been assigned. Other times we're unsure where our responsibilities end and begin. And so our work is full of a kind of stressful collaboration with others, and that could be at home or in the office. Um, even when we're pleased with the quality of our work, we might experience bitter disappointment with the results because those, the, those results are often outside of our control. Um, sometimes this is because of our own sin. Uh, maybe a, a single slip of the temper can set people around you on edge and lead to a loss of trust, which uh, results in a loss of productivity. Um. But the flaws of other people also contribute to uh, fruitlessness. People might steal credit for your work. Um, They may fail to pull their weight or devote the same energy and creativity to a project. They might just overlook the ways that you have uniquely contributed. Um, And the result is that work often feels more exhausting than we think it should be and it renders less good than we expect. And so that's the reality of fruitlessness, um, diminishing returns. But second, work becomes pointless. And this is experienced in, mo- in, in many different ways, but let's look at three. Uh, first, our work simply doesn't last, and it's inevitably forgotten, um, and it takes away our hope in the future. This comes from Pastor Keller's book. Whether quickly or slowly, all the results of our work will be wiped away by history. The person who takes the business after you, or who picks up the cause, or organization after you may undo all that you've done. Even the most famous people will not be long remembered. So we experience the pointlessness of our work. Um, It feels pointless because it's often forgotten. But next, our work feels pointless because injustice, depersonalization, these kinds of realities are often present in our work so that we struggle to discern the actual point of our work, or we struggle to understand what it is we're actually working for. Many of us have probably wondered, what is the point of my work? What good does it really do? And we might ask this because we're suspicious that our work really doesn't serve a good purpose, or it might be because we're so far removed from the end product of our work. And this is quoting Pastor Keller. The great shift from an industrial economy to a knowledge and service economy has improved the immediate working conditions of many, but has locked countless others into low paying service sector jobs that experience the same alienating disconnection from the fruits or products of their work. And so work is depersonalized and we experience a kind of pointlessness as we're further and further removed from the end product of our work. Um, so that we don't, uh, we're not able to delight in the final result of our work and see that it's good and see that it benefits others, and so we experience a kind of pointlessness. But finally, um, we experience a pointlessness as uh, we struggle and as we struggle with frustration and futility in our work. Um, excellence, if you remember from last week, excellence and competence are supposed to be the goal. As we work but often excellence ceases to be the main goal and source of satisfaction in our work Um, disappointments mount up right as our work is regularly overlooked by others um, and doing good work then no longer brings us satisfaction so we begin to gauge our effort according to the likelihood of rewards like recognition from others or bonuses and in the absence of things like this Uh, work begins to seem pointless people aren't seeing what we're doing we're not getting these tangible rewards Um, and so work is experienced as pointless and we wonder why should we work hard if nobody else notices or if our work doesn't appear to be making a meaningful difference in the lives of others so those are three ways that we experience uh, a kind of uh, that we experience our work as as pointless So let's just kind of review what we've looked at so far. Um, We've looked at the results of sin or the results of the fall on our work and in two specific ways. Um, We've seen that sin results in work becoming fruitless as uh, the outcome of our work doesn't match the effort that we put into it. And we've seen that sin results in work becoming pointless as the fruit of our work is lost and we struggle to identify the purpose or point of our work. Now, when we start to experience the effects of sin in our work, whether it's in the form of just kind of work being frustrating um, and fruitless or pointless, we often can become kind of fixated on finding work that really does seem to help and meet the needs of others. And of course, it's a uh, laudable goal to serve others with our work, but we actually have to be careful not to reduce the point of work simply to making a contribution or difference in the lives of others dorothy sayers makes this warning in her essay called why work and she suggests that if our primary motivation for work is based on the fact that it clearly serves other people or makes a difference we will likely begin to expect certain returns in our work like admiration or gratitude or compensation in some form Um, when we don't experience this recognition or when when we feel like we're not you know, when we feel like we're no longer making an obvious contribution or difference, then the quality of our work will likely begin to suffer, and the satisfaction that we have in our work will start to suffer. And this is what Sayers suggests is the remedy. She says we have to work in order to serve the work. And here's what she means. When she says to serve the work, she means seeking satisfaction and beholding the perfection of your work because it's the work that serves the community. The business of the worker is to serve the work. So Sarah's, is, she's making a vital point that can be easy to miss. We're certainly called to work in order to love our neighbor, but sometimes it's going to be really tough to, to see how our work actually benefits others because, as we saw earlier, sometimes we're very far removed from the end product of our work. It's much farther down the line that we ever see what our work is actually becoming. You know, And it's, if you're working on an assembly line, all you're, do is, all you're doing is putting in maybe a nut or a bolt for every um, widget. And you never see at the very end of the line the product of your work, and you don't get to see people enjoying your work. And that can be very frustrating. And to some degree, it's right to be frustrated. But the result is that we lose motivation to do our work. And so we have to return um, to the idea that we're here to serve the work. That means that regardless of whether or not we can see the end product, we do our work to the best of our ability. Um, we pursue excellence, even if we're alone and nobody's watching. Um, even if we occupy a space on an assembly line and wonder whether our work really matters, we, we do this, uh, we serve the work because in serving the work, in um, completing every task with excellence, that always will be the best way to love others with our work. And so let's summarize what we've looked at today. Um, sin results in work becoming fruitless. The reality of diminishing returns. We don't get in what we put out. Uh, we don't get out of it what we put into it. Sin results in work becoming pointless Um, because the fruit of our work is lost or falls apart um, or we struggle to identify the purpose of our work. And as we experience the futility and frustration of work, we want to be careful that it doesn't distract us from, as Sayers said, serving the work, um, doing our work to the best of our ability with excellence, recognizing that whether or not we can see and enjoy the end product of our work When we pour our heart into our work and serve the work, it's the best way to love our neighbor and love our community. So now let's um, look at a few questions as you continue to kind of um, flesh out the implications of the fall or the effect of sin on your experience at work. Um, First, just think about what are some of the worst experiences you've endured at work and what made them so awful? Um, and maybe try to uh, describe those experiences in terms of you know, frustration or futility or uh, fruitlessness or pointlessness. So what are some of the worst experiences you've endured at work and what made them so awful or difficult? Next, think about your current job. If, if it's a paying job or if you've got work at home you're doing every day, um, think about the tasks, the daily tasks or weekly tasks that take up lots of your time and think about what's one thing you wish was really different about it. What would you change about your job if you could change one thing? And do you think it's realistic to hope that this change will happen? Why or why not? Um, Recognizing that our work is affected by sin and the fall leads to a very realistic uh, expectation for what we can experience at work and what we might not experience that we wish we could. And so this question is helping you flesh that out. So what's one thing you really wish you could change? And is it possible, uh, given that the fact that we live in a broken world, to, to make that change? Here are two more questions. Um, based on the biblical evidence that we've looked at, what difficulties should you expect to find in your specific job, um, whether that's paid job or whether you're working at home, uh, whatever it might be, Given the scripture's picture of the effects of sin on our work, what are difficulties that you should expect to face that you shouldn't be surprised to encounter as you go about your daily work? And last, in those uh, times, maybe you're in a season where you are becoming disenchanted with your work because you're experiencing the frustration and futility Um, And so in those seasons, it's really easy to lose focus on God's call simply to pursue excellence. Um, And so if you're in a season of kind of disenchantment or frustration, maybe what are some evidences of that and the way that your work has changed? Maybe loss of motivation. Maybe you're cutting corners. What are some symptoms of uh, you becoming disillusioned with the calling God's given you? Uh, maybe ways that you're not quite working with the same excellence, pursuing competence in the same way. And what are some concrete steps you might take to change that? It could be talking to others about your work. It could be um, taking a second to remember why God has called you to this work and what your work is about. Um, it could simply be renewing yourself in God's call to excellence and recognizing that serving the work itself is the best way to love your neighbor. So what are some concrete steps you might take to change if you're in a season of uh, disillusionment with the work God has given you?